This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh, <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? Hello everyone, it's Friday night, Little Dan here, Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Meter Network, and I don't want to put the guy on the spot, but considering he's been gone for a few months, two podcasts in a week on the back of a Man United victory, is that coincidence or... I'm just jumping on the bandwagon mate. We're back, Europe's back on, passports are being renewed. <laughs> I know you was on the, uh, the, the, the post-match podcast earlier on in the week, but obviously things have... Uh, digested a bit more since how, how do you think we, we genuinely played against United were we outstanding or are United literally uh, beyond a shadow of them the former selves I thought we was really good I thought we was yeah. absolutely fantastic and obviously all the pundits are, are gonna say oh but Man United wasn't wasn't the best Man United are struggling Man United are poor this that and the other but we made them look poor we controlled that game it was a fantastic. It's gonna be one of the best ninety-minute performances from Wolves in three or four years, easily, easily. Bold. I mean, I think we all know. I don't know. Good. He's got his uh, GTA fancast out on YouTube at the moment. But Man United with with, with their current formation at four-two-two-two, it, it it was always going to play into our hands, wasn't it? Nelson Semedo looked like a flipping. Portuguese Cafu, didn't he? He was literally, yeah. it, it, it was like easy one of the front runners for, for man of the match. And obviously, like Neves Matinho had outstanding games, but Nelson Samaida was just a constant threat across that 90, wasn't he? Jaden Sancho was just pocketed defensively and mm. didn't stand a chance def- um, defensively against Nelson. And Luke Shaw, every time Nelson went one on one against him, I was screaming, beat him because he, you could just see that Luke Shaw had, had nothing to come up against him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't be too disrespectful to Man United. I need to apologise in advance as well because my dinner has literally only just turned up an hour and a half late, so I might be eating as as we're talking. But um, yeah, it, it was a men, men against boys. Honest, honestly, like me and you, you know, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo is the the modern day goat. You know, we're we're not shy in admitting that. Um, so. To get the opportunity to see him in the flesh, and he was absolute pony. Yeah, <laughs> he was terrible. Max Kilman pocketed was him. Light work for him. Literally, absolute that that work. that last ten minutes of the ninety, it was Cristiano Ronaldo just trying to make himself get involved in the game to get that those plaudits as he normally does. Get his get him that get his name on the score sheet. Steal the headlines with you know another like you know another clutch goal by Ronaldo yeah. that sort of thing. But everything that he, he threw up against our defense and particularly Kilman. I mean, I put that video up uh, yesterday. That soft wrestling video calling um, Max Kilman the Rock and that picture of him. We just when he sat Ronaldo down on his ass. It was just it can't be far off an England call up. I, I know we're biased and stuff, but. Ben White, uh, Max Kilman. I, I don't know what more these guys can be, can do to oust Tyron Minks from that England squad. Well, I mean, you, you look at Minks' performances. He's not playing particularly well himself. Um, Max Kilman surely can't be far behind him now in the England reckoning. And yeah, we might be a little bit biased, but you look at other English centre-backs that are, are knocking about at the minute. Even take... All right, let's say Harry Maguire and John Stones. John Stones having a decent season, but Harry Maguire is having a very poor season. Now, would you put Harry Maguire head and shoulders above Max Kilman at the moment? I mean, you, you can't, from, from on a Wolves podcast, we just can't even answer that genuinely, can we? Because the rest of the football community will, will say we're biased, but 
on paper, I don't. If, if you know, I said this after the game. If an alien had come down to Earth to watch that game the other night and had no recollection or any insight on the history of those two clubs, and they said which of these um, teams last won the treble, it would, there would have been no question who they would have answered. The boys in the old gold. Exactly. It was honestly, it was a complete performance. I mean, we've had some good performances over, over the course of this season, but a lot of them have been made before forty-five minutes or. Certainly, um, towards the end of noon, I was <clears throat> rain. We we was a forty-five minute team, wasn't we? Or it was less than that, that, wasn't it? It was like a, you know, stifling for an hour, and then I for one sucker punch in the last half. An hour. Yeah, but it felt like a complete. All right, don't get me wrong. Man United had a little bit of play in the second half, but that's always going to happen at Old Trafford. Always, Damaru, you play. Yeah, we even Mike Dean tries to give him a helping hand. I'll have a look at the end, didn't they? Yeah. Um, it, was, it felt like a complete performance and a performance that I know we've spoke earlier before we, we, we came on air about um, when Fernandez hit the bar, but I always felt like we felt in control of the game. Yeah. It's like what I said, it, it doesn't matter um, whether it's Matt, you know, the Man United of old or, or the current United, 99% of home sides in the Premier League will always have at least a 10 minute period yeah. where they're looking to you know, they're throwing the kitchen sink at it and it, it, it came, but like the, the majority of this season, we've just held up that that wall and Jose Sarr has just been unreal, hasn't it? I mean, less than £10 million we paid for that goalkeeper. I think it was only about £6.5 million, pound, wasn't it? It's something, something ridiculous. ridiculous yeah. And for me, comfortably better keeper than Patricio. Yeah. And that's not being disrespectful to Patricio because he's a fantastic or was a fantastic goalkeeper. Well, still is. Yeah. He's still playing for Rama, isn't he? But for me, Jose Sarr's just got more attributes about his game. That make a good goalkeeper. I think he's just... a lot better. Yeah, he commands his area a lot better. Um, he's more he's more of a presence off crosses and corners. Um, seems more comfortable having the ball to feet as well. So you can use him as 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 that extra outfield player, so to speak. I just I don't know. I just think his game brings a lot more than than what Ruiz does. I think it's, it's just his um, him being so proactive in in sensing danger, whereas Rui, as as good as he is, was just constantly backed himself to to make saves. But in that last yeah. sort of season, he cost us more points than than he won us. And I mean, at, at the moment, if it wasn't really for Jose Sarr, we wouldn't any, be anywhere near the the league total oh, no. points haul that we've had. Would we? He's he's, he's been no. sensational. Obviously, the Wolves football community, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we've all been crying out for a signing. And Wolves announced one yesterday with Japanese international Hayao Kawabe. Um, what did you make to the signing, Luke? Because half a million pounds for a 26 year old midfielder. Here's his um, one and only goal for Japan coming in a 4 1 win against Tajikistan. I mean, it'll, it'll load a second. Just, just look at that. He's read the pass. It doesn't matter how bad the goalkeeper is. He's read the pass and he's, he's just, to be honest, it, that looked that looked a goal, like one of the goals in our charity game. That standard looked so poor. And he ran away celebrating like me. He looked unfit. Half a million pounds. Is he another Enzo Loyadiso? It's just a moneymaker. To sell some shirts in Japan. Uh, he won't play no more than 10 games for. I don't think he'll play more than five. Uh, I, I don't know if he'll I, play. I, I I I quoted Enzo Lloyd so however you pronounce it. I don't think he'll play um one competitive fixture for Wolves. He might play this weekend just to maybe try and Wolves. Yeah, I've already jinxed it. He, he, he might get some minutes this weekend. No, but no. even then, I think that would be like really extravagant. I, I don't see. Obviously, like I said, it's a money making scheme, and if on the back of him being a, a Premier League player, will will Wolves probably make more than half a million pound back in a year's time? I mean, he might cover Matinho and Jimenez's wages for for a couple of weeks with with the sell on that we do for him when he when he does yeah. finally go. But it's uh, it's just not a it's not the sign that we're, we're screaming out for, is it? Nah, nah, not at all. Um, <sighs> It makes no sense. I, I really can't get my head around it. But you watch now, we've said that he'll probably come and he'll be like prime Zidane. Yeah, I've, we've, we've gone quite negative early on with this. And I, I was thinking this earlier that 
Um, you know, you look at some teams' recruitments in the years gone by. I, I mean, I, I don't know how much Leicester played, but Leicester paid for Kante back in the day, but I can't imagine it was much more than than half a million pound. Hopefully, it goes that route. But you know, the negativity, pessimistic Wolves fans that we are, we're yeah. we're not optimistic about this one. Um, Bruno Large in his um, press conference today said uh, via Tim Spears' uh, tweet um, in regards to will he take the FA Cup seriously? Bruno Large says, "I come with a big ambition to win titles for Wolves. That's my target." On Sunday, I'll put out our best team to try and win the game. It's a, it's a big statement, but one that could really hit him back in the face, couldn't if if he doesn't put out a strong enough side to beat a, a Sheffield United side that are eight points off the playoffs with four games in hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like Bruno. I like the way he talks. I do like the way he talks about the game. Um, I always sense that he's just been honest and real. In, in the words that he's saying. Um, but it is a big statement to make. I came to Wolves to win titles. Uh, let's not even count the Premier League. He ain't but, talking about intercontinental titles, people. He's, he's talking about proper football titles he here. Doesn't, he doesn't mean the Asia Cup. No. He means the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup. That's a big statement to make because... And I, but I hope he means it, and I hope he sticks by it because yeah, I love a cup run, absolutely love a cup run. And yeah, it's it's it, 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 you know what's the what's the saying? Winning mentality, win yeah. winning breeds winning. Something yeah. along them yeah. lines. Yeah. Um, we we none of us want a Nuno against Southampton last season, where he pretty much oh, wrote man. off the FA Cup, which I I, I understood. I tried to understood why he did it, which. There was never really a chance that we were going to win the FA Cup with that squad, were we? And you don't know what his contract said in regards to, you know, the higher you finish, the more, you know, bigger payoff you'll get. Or yeah. if he didn't know that he was going to get sacked at the time, you know, the, the, the saying about uh, the higher up in the league you finish, the more money you get from the from the FA, the Premier League, in regards to TV money and whatnot. So maybe he was thinking, you know, the, fur- the further we finish, that's it, uh, higher up in the league, that... We've got more of a transfer budget in the summer. Obviously, he got sacked. But like I said, we just, we just want a cup run, don't we? We're yeah. in a good position in the league where we've got a bit of a, a cushion on the relegation place at the moment. And I don't even want to have that conversation, but we still need to pick up a few more points to be really comfortable where we can properly focus on an FA Cup run. And I think we're in a position now where we could be looked at as a strong cup team. You know, we're not. it's not like we're sort of fighting relegation every season or sort of yo-yo in between the championship and and and, and the Prem, I think it's safe to say we're an established Premier League team. Yeah. Um, and any Premier League team that is in that sort of 8th to 14th bracket, you've got to be confident of a quarter-final every couple of years or every every third year or something. Yeah. Because, you, you know, we're, we're strong enough to be that sort of team now. Yeah. Um, and who'd love a good cup run? Well, we were talking about it last night. The way that the the FA Cup is disrespected nowadays, it's it's sad. Yeah, it really Ever since is Man sad. United went to Brazil. Yeah. It, it, uh, no, but it is. It is. Um, ever since then, it, it has felt different. I don't think the Wembley semi-finals have helped it either. Um, no, I mean but, that was like a. I'm going to give my own unpopular opinion here. <laughs> <laughs> Semi-final should be at neutral grounds. <laughs> they genuinely should, though. Like, um, like when we played Arsenal in 96, was it? Yeah, 97, 98. Would I 97, know, yeah. 98. Around yeah, that year, anyway. Um at Villa Park, Wolves, Arsenal, even like Arsenal, Sheffield United at Old Trafford, neutral venues for me all the way. So you, one of one of the most like sort of iconic FA Cup semi-finals that in, in my sort of generation was was Man United Arsenal at Villa Park with yeah. that Ryan Giggs yeah. extra time goal. I mean, those of the Man United fans on the pitch and Robin Giggs scored because yeah. you know proper proper middle of the country neutral venue. You can't have it much fairer, can you? No, not at all, not at all. And but money talks, doesn't it? Money talks, and and that's that's, that's always that's been the biggest problem. Is that there's that much money in the Premier League now that there's no 
prestige apart from the historical value of winning the FA Cup. So no, not at all. The, big, the big sides don't use their 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 main squads until the, the latter rounds when there's an actual sniff of a trophy to put something on that manage, manager's CV. What do you think uh, about um, if the FA Cup was to award a Champions League place instead of a Europa League place? I think you'd see a lot more teams putting out stronger sides from uh, from early on, specifically like you, you know, especially like the Wolves, Leicester, mm. Villa. Um, yeah. I mean, Tottenham would go fully out for that, I think, because I think mm. they're, they're pushing for that that fourth place. But there's that many teams who could finish fourth this season that it's a bit of a lottery. I, I think with um, I think we all want that that bit of extra zest in our transfer window this month just to give us that bit more of a push but I think we might just fall short but I I really think the Europa place is um, um, definitely plausible this season what about yourself? Yeah yeah, I, I, I'd agree I mean we're, we're certainly in the hunt um, and I think even if we even if we don't succeed in getting the Europa League if come sort of March April when it's coming towards the end of the season if we're still in with a sniff say five six points away from the Europa League I personally think and many will disagree but I personally think we need to look at that as being a successful season. Yeah. Um, you, you you want to be in the hunt, down, yeah. Like yeah. I, I think one of the things that really disappointed me under the in the Nuno era was how close we were to getting fourth place that that second season was it? Yeah. And then you, yeah. you drop points away at um, Burnley, you lose to Sheffield United, that Arsenal home fixture yeah. where um, did we lose two or three now? Oh, we got battered, we got battered but like we'd we, we, we done a number on Arsenal so many times. I just think the players thought, oh, we'll just turn up and do these again. But we, did, we, did we finish a point at the Europa League that season or was it goal difference to Tottenham? I mean, it was just so frustrating because of how close we were. But like you just said, if we can be in the hunt with, a, with three or four games to go, hopefully with Pedro Neto back fully fit at that mm. point. Because I think yeah. he's going to be massive towards the end of our season. Okay. Um, obviously, Wolves released the pictures yesterday of him back out on the, on the grass doing various um, running exercises. Wolves did release pictures of Johnny Otto back in the middle of November doing the the same sort of exercising, and I don't think he's really close to a a first team return as such yet. So you're still looking mm. mid February, earliest before I think Neto's smelling the match day squad never mind yeah. starting so he's, he's gonna be massive come march april isn't he it's a, it's a shame he's been out for so long it really is i mean we, we saw what he's capable of before he got injured and i just think he's absolutely fantastic comfortably comfortably my favorite player at the club and i love try all right <laughs> but Neto, yeah. what a it, player I think he he will suit Bruno's system a lot more than what um than what Adama does. I think that's the reason why Bruno isn't sort of waterboarding him at Compton to sign the new contract because I think <laughs> the way that Adama plays, and I think this is unfortunate and a, and a massive reason for why he hasn't got um big statistical assists is that we just don't have enough bodies in the box, and no. Bruno wants us to be more more narrow as a front three. Mm-hmm. Interchanging Trinke, Podence, Neto with R- Raul in the middle. Um, middle. Um, that that'll suit that system more. I think they're more sort of you know pattern plays, one twos, um, yeah. balls through you know through balls over the top. Whereas Adama, he's just hog the touchline and, and bomb balls in the box. Just like there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but. So obviously, we scored from that from one of his crosses um, on on Monday night. But I think if you haven't got sort of wide men uh, who are naturally centre forwards, like obviously Poland's Trinko aren't that they they haven't got an attacker's instincts. So when Adama ever does get into good wide areas and puts the ball in the box, they're never in the right area. No, no. Whereas no. I think Neto has the ability to beat men, play players through. If you if you look at Pedro Neto's assist to Fabio Silva at home to West Ham last season. Adama hasn't got that in his locker. So if we can get good money for Adama, it, it makes um, complete sense for for, for Wolves to sell him um, this window. Obviously, Bruno made the comment in today's press conference, when you want to make the next step and you sell your best players, the next step never happens. It's uh, another sort of nudge towards the board, isn't it, that they need to back him or... Sorry, mate. Um, what the, the only thing that concerns me about Neto 
is how will he return after such a lengthy injury? Yeah. So I only think that concerns me. But back to Bruno's comments. What concerns me there is, obviously, he's got his view. If you want to take the next step, can't sell your best players. But when Faust and see the pound signs, are they going to fold and sell our, our most valuable players? That's the key thing. They massively shot themselves in the foot with the comments about competing with Man City and competing in Europe. Um, I understand the comments they made. They have to be ambitious because, obviously, ambition is a nice selling point to bring marquee players like Ruben Neves. Like They, they yeah. must have told them this was the project. And maybe yeah. that, that, that was the project at the time. But I don't know about you. Every January, I make New Year's resolutions, and my New Year's resolutions change after about a couple of weeks. So, yeah, a couple of you know, a year or so after a pandemic and all the losses that Faust have occurred, you can understand why them sort of changing their model to you know being self sufficient. It's it's not what fans want to hear, but I think we could be a lot worse run club. And I think if if it's likely that Adama's going to go this month, isn't it? I, Too much. I, I I I made the comment earlier that I think Wolves should just take the gamble. And wait until the summer. Mm. I still think they can get reasonable amounts of millions of pounds for him. Yeah. And if he has a good, um, you know, if he can get us into the Europa League places. Even if you wanted to really take the gamble and think, you know what, fuck it, we'll risk losing, losing him on a throw. We, we only paid £18 million for him. So, that, so the people saying that we need to sell him now to get £22 million. The four four million pound profit. We look. We, yeah. We're going to lose like twenty million pound on Catrone. So I'll just take the gamble and lose the money on Adama. If, if he gets into Europe, then that that that's covered. It, yeah. The loss is If we did take the gamble and say, then Bruno's had a summer transfer window as well. Neto will hopefully be back firing on all cylinders. You'd like to think Raúl will be fully fit as well. So I still don't think he is. Um, or another striker has been brought in the summer. We could realistically finish above Tottenham anyway. Yeah. So even from Adama's point of view, from a career move point of view, could we take the gamble? And right, the gamble is at the end of next season, finish sixth. Spurs could easily finish eighth. Uh, Antonio Conte is a great coach, but I've not seen anything since he's coming coming to make me think these are a serious contender for top for top four. Did you watch him against Chelsea the other day? I just saw the I just saw the uh, Ben Davis on goal. I mean, absolutely terrible. Harry Kane is nowhere near firing. No, Deli Ali is not the same player that he, he once was. I, I I don't think they've got. I, I think our, our fully fit starting eleven is better than their fully fit starting eleven. I, I think our defence is because I don't think much of Davison Sanchez. Don't no. think much of Eric Dyer. Since Vertonghen and Alderweireld have left, I think they're so poor at the back that yeah. um, they're there to be got at every single game. Even you look at the right backs, um, Emerson Royale, terrible, Doherty, average, and Aurier. Yeah, and I mean, well, obviously, Aurier's okay, D- but even even he doesn't fill you with great confidence, does he? And then you got the obviously D Mars in the comments, and this is like sort of being published quite a lot in, in on the social media uh, channels that Tottenham are, 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 eyeing, are eyeing a dorm up to play wing-back. I mean, I, know, I, I said in our group yesterday, he's had he's had one good game at right wing-back for us, and that was the Man City 2-0, where he pocketed Sterling for an hour and then and then bagged two in the last half an hour. But he ain't a wing-back. Got... He ne- he'll never be a wing-back. No, no, never in the month for Sundays. Not as his main position, but you touched on, yeah, the odd game. Maybe so, you know, 20 minutes just to cover an injury or something, but as his natural position. And I think Dean mentioned it in his comment, surely that's not appealing for Traore. It yeah. doesn't seem like the sort of player who would be eager to play right wing back. Unless it's purely money orientated, why, well, why, why he wants this move. And to be honest, I, I, I don't really begrudge 
any footballer going for for big money nowadays because that's just the that's just life, isn't it? We'd we'd all take a higher paid job tomorrow if it if it was put on available. Um, <laughs> it's disappointing, but I'd like I'd like to know how much wages he actually is on walls because apparently he wants to be the highest earner. But let's put let's put it on another sort of uh, point. Is he on more wages than Fabio Silva? Well, I reckon Fabio's on a fair whack, you know. There's there's there's, there's wild rumours about the wage that he's on. I mean, there's the strong rumours about him being on more money than what Cody is. I mean, if that's the case, then <laughs> is a is a Dharma on more than Fabio? Because I, I love Fabio. I thought he was he was key to our goal on on Monday yeah. night. But if you're a Dharma and you know you've got so much. Um, potential marketing value and you know yourself that you've got talent you, you're going to be you're going to you're going to be what you're going to want to be one of the top five earners at the club yeah you, you can certainly see why Adama's asking for the money from his point of view um because he's um he's an, he's a, he's an exciting player he's very exciting you know he, he probably gets more column inches and more discussion than any other of our players um so yeah you, you, you can see why you would ask for it but then the other flip side of the coin is and i'm a big defender of traore but if you look at his goal contributions there's no argument you can't be demanding to be the highest earner as a right winger when you've got zero goals and assists this season can't say fair on that obviously our resident tactical Analyst Gully has just provided a quick comment saying wing back works for Adama Traore, simplify his game, get it wide and cross, best in the world. I don't know. He's I don't, the he must be taking the piss. Is that, is that Barcelona in a minute? Just best in the world at crossing. I mean, I mean, it's each to the round. Thank you for your comment, Gully. Here's Gully. Um, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a uh an odd month I think in regards to this transfer window because if we were to sell a Dharma early then you'd hope that some incomings would you know some sort of domino effect would fall after that sale but I think I mean and I know what I would be doing if I was in Tottenham shoes I'd be going right till the last day of the the window and trying yeah. to hardball a, an even cheaper deal yeah and, and Daniel Levi he ain't no muggies when it comes to a transfer deal no I mean he's absolutely played Harry Kane a kipper and Harry Kane, if you're going to let your brother be your agent, that's that's, that's your fault for the situation that you're in now, in my opinion. This Sunday, 2pm, uh, Sheffield United at home in the uh, the FA Cup. Let's just quickly just have a talk about previous years gone by in, for Wolves in the FA Cup. What sort of... Uh, what what's, Tell us some of the goals that for you that sort of stand out. What's the... Some nice goals that you remember growing up supporting the boys in Old and Gold? Um. Um, growing up, the one of the best FA Cup games, my favourite FA Cup early memory, even though I didn't go to the game, was Leeds away. Beautiful cup game, you know, they're, they're a higher club. I mean, that, that was a proper Premier League club then, and we was that that big championship club, but. To go to Ellen Road and beat them on that day was amazing. I remember I was at my grandma's that day and like, sort of like listening to it on the radio, checking in on the Teddy text. Um, <gasps> and when they got that penalty, it was like, that's it. we're out the cup. You, you, you know, it was you, you, in a nice run. You, you just caught a glimpse of him there towards the end. I mean, let's just let's quickly look at the goal again. I mean, people don't write Carl Robinson, but that's a through ball, that is. Yeah, it's a great pass, that is. Look at that thing. I thought that first touch from Goodman wasn't the, the best, but the way he's dinged it over Nigel Martinelli, and as you say, number 12, Robbie Keane, giving away that penalty at the end, and you think, bloody hell, we've cocked this up, Robbie. Um, and there's that clip, isn't there, of Keith Curl grabbing uh, Jimmy Ford, that's a bank round yeah, of throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah that, another... that is a proper cup tie, that is. An established Premier League team against a sort of big championship team, very much like what we've got the weekend, Wolves and Sheffield United, but... We're fortunate enough to be in the position of the established Premier League team now. Um, but obviously, that, that took us into a semi-final as well. Yeah. And come on, for Wolves to be in a semi-final 
as a 10 year old kid when we've I've known well I started sporting more when I was like six but it was shit yeah getting that far in an FA Cup was just unreal wasn't it I remember everyone sort of queuing for the train at Wolverhampton train station over to to Aston I mean you know I'm I'm little anyway I swear how old was I 90 I think it was 97 so I would have been like 9 or 10 and how small I would have been then. My parents put me in the old red luggage compartment. That's how small I was. That's that's how like it was. I just remember little things like that. And then obviously Christopher Ray broke our hearts. I oh mean, my god! That's the one thing that annoyed me the most about the game because obviously with who might be started up front was yeah. very very annoying. But at the time, I had Ian Wright, Nicholas Anelka, Dennis Bergkamp, Ray Parler. Was David Platt still there that season? Did you, did you say Overmars then? Nah, I, I said Ray Parler. But no, if, no. if Overmars was there as well. Overmars all, played. All those players and Christopher Ray. Oh, no. Breaks our hearts. Yeah. Patrick Vieira burst through the midfield, didn't he? Um, yeah. Sad day, really. Because like the, the atmosphere that day, and obviously, uh, I think... Did, did Steve Bull have a chance towards the end as well? I know Don Gummer missed like a, a half, a really half good chance. David Seaman spilled it and he just didn't fall right from putting it in the net. Yeah, it's. I think Arsenal deserved to win on the day, to be fair, if you've watched the game back. But it's it was, it was frustrating. Frustrating. But, you know, it was, it was nice as a young fan just to experience Wolves playing in such big games. Yeah. Um, Another good memory of mine in the FA Cup um, was Wolves v Newcastle at home. Dean Martin in the comments has just said that. Um, like I said, just a massive... That was another one, wasn't it? Proper Molyneux atmosphere. Yeah. Underdog yeah. mentality. Newcastle had some seriously top players. Then obviously Shearer yeah. played. Bellamy, Nobber, yeah. Solano. Shay Given was a top, top keeper back oh, then. Ask Given was. Um, under the lights as well. On the telly. You under the light, you can't beat it. You can't. It's something magical about it, mate. Uh, but again, being that being that bigger championship club, and we, we always aspired to be in the Premier League, didn't we? And, and we thought that was our rightful home. So when we got cup ties like this, it was like, come on, this is where we show the world that Wolves do belong in the Premier League. Yeah. And Newcastle, like you said, the players they had and, and the positions they was finishing around that, that sort of era were, were massive. Absolutely yeah. massive. It'd be like it would be like in, in today's money, somebody like Nottingham Forest beating Tottenham. Yeah. And uh, I went because we went 2 0 up, didn't we? Yeah. And it was I mean, like, touching on what you were going on there about trying to make it, you know, walls uh showing just how good we actually are. You, we had big Big players in our team, then Paul Ince obviously yeah. um, scored the first. I think you know my feelings on Mark Kennedy. I think he was massively underrated Premier League winger for me. Um, he, he got the second. That was probably one of one of my favourite sort of counter attacking goals before the Nuno era. Matt Murray just lobs one to, to Sean Newton, uh, sorry Colin, Colin Cameron, I think, and then Sean Newton puts it across to Mark Kennedy. And I know you were going to touch on it, George and Dar's winner towards the end after uh, Newcastle pulled it back to two all. Not the most aesthetically pleasing goal, but it, it, what a moment. Count, they all count. <clears throat> but, um, when Shearer had the penalty, you knew he was never going to miss. It was Alan Shearer. Yeah. Um, that was their first goal, was it? Then did the score again pretty much straight after. Genus scored, didn't they? Um, Genus equal. Uh, Genus got the first one back and then Shearer equalised, didn't they? Was it the penalty that equalised? Les got. Pulled back Bellamy or someone. It was a, it was one of the most softest penalties ever. Was there um was that the game when Les got cleared one off the line as well? But it yeah, was, it was over the line. I don't know. I don't know whether it being over the line, mate. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to watch it back. Yeah, I think Newcastle got a free kick from about thirty yards out, and then like someone did something. The referee moved it forward ten yards. Yes. The Shearer took the free kick on the edge of the box. It, it, I think Murray saved it and then 
Les got cleared off the line after someone shot it. It was literally like bloody hell. That was an FA Cup mom. And then obviously George and I went went on to to get the winner. And that was the game when Bellamy was pointing to the Premier League badge as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Little rat. He's got bad memories at Wolves, hasn't he, Craig, Craig Bellamy? And I think that was just he had nothing else to do apart from trying tears a little bit. You touched on it um, a few mon- a few minutes ago in regards to sort of FA Cup upsets and championship sides beating Premier League sides. One of my favourite FA Cup goals, going back to the 90s as well. Andy Thompson away to Ipswich. But it's Andy Thompson who's invited to let fly. Deflected. It's 2-0. Seven minutes to go to half-time and Andy Thompson who came so close in the first game at Molyneux Twice there denied by Craig Forrest. Nothing that Forrest could do about it here. Right at the training ground. Ferguson rolls it across to Thompson. He hits it there. I don't know whether it's John Watt who's trying to clear it. But it's straight from the training ground. There he hits it. It's David Linnigan who's trying to head it clear. And all he can do is head it into the top corner. How you feel for a goalkeeper in a situation like this? He has got no chance, Craig Forrest. Look at that. Oh, I couldn't give two hoots about that deflection. That's just one of my favourite walls. I was the free kick routine. That Sky Sports commentary, that Sky Sports yeah. little image that goes around with the goal. Yeah. Even the noise. Just There's nostalgia, ain't it, mate? Nostalgia. Walls winning 2 0 away at a Premier League side. I think Lee Mills got the second. That's how, that's how long ago. I mean, we, I'm fully old. God, that, not, that must have been about 90. Ooh. 94, 95, 6. Yeah, that was, that was, that was years, definitely. Yeah, we drew one all at Molyneux and then we went to Portman Road in the midweek on, on the telly back when, like, having a big, massive fuck off Sky dish on the side of Euros. <laughs> Another good cup tie. Remember when we drew with Tottenham away from home? Yeah. Don then, Goodman scored, didn't they? Yeah. Then we lost in the, we lost in the race, yeah, I think that they beat us like three or four. 4-0, yeah, didn't yeah. I? I think like Teddy Sheringham got one and but I remember like the snow that came down at White Hart Lane that day. Yeah. I think it might have been like an orange ball that Goodman scored. I think there was like a defensive like calamity from like it might have been Clive Wilson for, for Tottenham, the left back. And and Goodman literally just threw himself in, didn't he? And he was just like, bloody hell, we've got a draw away at Tottenham back at Molyneux. Yeah. But I think we all we all I think most Wolves fans will class that massive um Upset over Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup on penalties. Everyone, everyone remembers the game. Everyone remembers Don Goodman scoring the winner. But in regards to sort of penalties throughout history, is there any better one? Pressman against Jones. Oh, oh, oh. Get in. Well, you won't get a better penalty than that. The penalty shootout. You could have two goalkeepers in there. They would have trouble with it saving that. I mean, you just, don't, you just don't save those. That is that is the best penalty shootout I've ever watched in my life. I, I can't think of any better penalty shootouts than that. Definitely not. Not Wolves related. Not Wolves related. I mean, there might have been like longer scoring penalty shootouts. I know like Man United Villarreal was something like, was it 2019? Something mm, like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wolves were we, dead we, and buried. We, 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 we were dead and buried. All of our yeah. best penalty takers had missed. Andy Thompson had missed. Robbie Dennison had missed. It's like we were dead and buried, and then that bloke with a mullet comes up for Sheffield Wednesday, and then just <laughs> smashes up the bar. Thinking he landed up in Mars. See it in S three. It is not poetic. It was, it, it was not. It was very poetic, though, wasn't it? Yeah, Chris Barn Williams missed again after the first. Because um, he missed. Was it right at the end of the game in the first? Yeah, in the in the original. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, it was really definitely like sort of eighty minutes out. onwards, wasn't it? Paul Jones guessed the right way, and then. In this penalty shoot, I wish we got. I wish I could. I would have just downloaded the whole penalty shoot earlier and just put it on right now, just so we could properly I revisit it. Like for, for any Wolves fans that are sort of like newer generation, watch that penalty shoot at Wolves v Sheffield Wednesday. Was that about ninety four? I'm just yeah. saying ninety ninety four. Mid, 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 we're good mid nineties. Mid nineties. Mid nineties. Wolves v Sheffield Wednesday. You will struggle to see a better penalty shoot. I mean, that, I was just thinking about that game then. Wolves scored off a corner that game. Front post, knock on. David Kelly at the back post. Just like you don't see, just 
such ugly scoring corners like that nowadays, do you? No. No, everything's got to be intricate and pretty, hasn't it? Yeah. Four four short passes and then just one lump into the box instead of just getting lumped in from the from the os from the uh, twenty six years ago yesterday, one of the greatest goals ever, not just greatest FA Cup goals. Steve Ball scoring this header from outside the box. It's just ridiculous. It's it, it beggars all physics. How was he scored with his head on the bounce from like twenty yards out? It, it's just a proper Tipton goal, that is. It's just Tipton through and through. What you do of the park with your mates, you know, when you're just having a bit of a laugh and you're a bit tired and the ball bounces up, you're like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> just not as not as a professional footballer in a local derby in a cup tie. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I ain't gonna overreg it too much. I mean, I think Ian Bennett was um, well renowned for being. Around my height in the sticks, <laughs> but just the the vol- the velocity that he had on that header from like the twenty to Troy. It's like I said to you off air that Messi and Cristiano don't even dream about goals like that. I know Cristiano does that did that bicycle kick a few years, but it just beggars belief how you can get that much oomph on the bounce with a header. Well, well, anybody else would have tried to like chest it and try to get a shot away, but nah, ball nut replay scored in injury time in the in, in the replay. Just well, that was, that's why he's the ghost for walls, isn't it? Really, exactly because it, it's just it's just that tip to mentality. Eh? I'm just gonna edit this ball from 25 yards into the back of the net. It's <laughs> just utterly Man. ridiculous. Like I said, in a in a local derby in the FA Cup. It, it it deserves more plaudits. It, it should be in every FA Cup highlight reel. Yeah. BBC, ITV, BT Sport, they need to pull the finger out. If you think, um, how much football have you watched in your life? So thousands much. upon thousands upon thousands of hours. How many headers have you scored from out? Have you seen scored from outside the box? It's just. It's not happen. If, if anyone in the comments section can, can tell me another game where, where a player scored a header from outside the box. Yeah, tag the fancast on Twitter or Instagram with a goal in professional football where it was a header scored from outside the box. Can't be that many. No. Let's uh, get back to the game on Sunday. Obviously, Bruno Lars says he's, he's going to put out a strong side, but where do you see... Him making changes, if any. I think he'll change the goalkeeper. Um, I think he'll start silver. I th- think he will bring in uh, what, uh, maybe one of the lads. Uh, on when do we lose Saez? Have we lost him now? Yeah, he's, he's already in Moroccan training camp now. So let's just think who's going to take us back. Wolves oh, recalled Toti Gomez from Grasshopper. Do you think he could... I think he's a left-sided centre-back. Do you think he could feature this weekend? Possibly. Possibly. Or would he go... Kilman on the left, Cody in the middle, Sanderson on the right side yeah. of defence. Yeah, I think we'd all like to see Dion um, getting minutes this weekend, wouldn't we? Yeah, especially at home. Local lad, FA Cup. Um, would it be Dion's home debut for Wolves? I, I believe so. I know he played against Villa in the Carabao Cup, didn't he? Yeah. And obviously he's played for Wolves in like, the Asia Cup. I can't really remember him featuring for the first team. No. Definitely not, and definitely not at Molyneux. I mean, I think looking at his words today, I can't be making too many changes. Maybe three or four. One being Ruddy will start, Silver will start, Sanderson will start, and I'm torn between Dendonka and Jordan. Yeah, that's that's the the area for me on how serious Bruno's taking this fixture on what our, what our centre midfield is. Sorry, Jal Cancelo has just scored an absolute screw. Hold on. I don't think he's got it. Oh, 
He stood a Sterling. Remember Sterling against Italy? Oh, I was expelled home for that. The, the old flipping town. Bloody hell. Yeah, that was a moment that was. The old flipping bar yes. went up and Sterling, that side name. I know. I'm still adamant that went in. Still adamant it went in. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think he'll make three or four changes. Um, but I'll, me personally, I'll, I'll still want it to be kept strong. I wouldn't make any more than three or four. Yeah. Because this is a banana skin, this is. With Falcon, the likes of very... Kiana Hover come back in. Nah. Don't rate him. I don't know why I wouldn't. I'd put yeah. Sanderson ahead of him in the squad. You're not going to put Sanderson right wing back, are you? He's played there before. No, I mean, but I think both of us would like him to be centre back on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, why I was only, that's why I was suggesting Hover really to give Samado a bit of a rest, but it's also say how serious is Bruno taking this game? Because for me, yeah. centre mid needs to be strong. And we need two decent wide men if we are going to start Fabio. So, Trinkau... Trinkau needs um, to put in some sort of performance for me. I, yeah, I thought, I thought um, we we carried Trinkau and Jimenez to a degree on Monday night. I know Jimenez is having to come a lot deeper in order to link up play, but he's just not in the right areas where we need him, is he? No, not at all. He's... You've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's come back from a life-threatening injury, you know, so fair play to him for even stepping onto the pitch. Um, yeah. Summit's not right, though. Can't put my finger on it, but Summit's not right. I seen something the other day, and the minutes that Ralph played since he's come back from this injury, I think he's played more minutes and scored the same amount of goals than what Fabio Silva did whilst he was injured. Yeah. And look at the abuse Silva was getting. Yeah, the, the thing that worries the thing that, the thing that worries me the most with Jimenez at the moment is, I think there's times where he looks disinterested, whereas in years gone by when he's sort of having a quiet game or things aren't really clicking for him, he was still angry enough to be like chasing constantly. I, I don't think he's been doing that recently. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. He's... Yeah, he's what he's worked right. He seems to like it's dropped twenty five percent or something. Or yeah. I don't. Summit, summit just isn't right. This isn't the. This isn't Jimenez that we had two seasons ago. It's a different player, and I, I get he's come from a life threatening injury. I get it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful in what I'm saying, but at the same time, conversation's got to be had. You know, we can't we can't just sort of sit back and, and say for the next six months, yeah, but if actually it's got away at Arsenal, there's got to become there's got to come a time where you have the conversation and you, you decide do you persist with him or do you replace him? Yes. Yeah, I, I, mean, I hope I hope to God he he scores Sunday, he plays, scores. I hope next league game, plays, scores. I hope he scores yeah. every time he's on the pitch. Yeah. I think there's been a few moments where Bruno's looked a bit annoyed with, with Jimenez and Bruno has like come out in, in the media in the last like few days saying that he'd, look, he'd like to get another striker in this month to give Jimenez more competition and maybe free up. For, I don't want Fabio to go out on loan. I think it's too much of a gamble. I just think if he goes out on loan and he, and he doesn't work out any sort of future transfer fee, we will never get anything back to where he needs to be. I think he just needs to just keep learning his trade here and just keep learning off Jimenez and just keep coming off the bench, doing what he did against Man United, hopefully get into a, a run of goals in, in cup competitions, which is why it's key that he plays on Sunday. Yeah, and you know, that's a, that's a fantastic point. If we can get a little bit of a cup run going, let's say we get to the quarterfinals, that's four ties, is it? Four times to the quarters. Um, that's four very good opportunities for, for him to get some good minutes under his belt. And I, I think a tie against Sheffield United at home is perfect for Silva in regards to his confidence. Um, because you'd like to think we'll be in control of the game. You'd like to think we're going to have more of the ball. You'd like to think we'd create the most chances. He's not playing against Man City centre-halves or... Liverpool's or Arsenal's or even your Everton's and you know Sheffield United with all due respect 
you know, they're, they're not at a level as he would be facing in, in the Premier League. Yeah, he, he needs to make the most of these minutes and Definitely. at Definitely. least look threatening throughout. I mean, obviously, we've, we've still got to create in the chances. Yeah, of course. But um, I think, like you said, with the team that we should be putting out as a minimum, you'd think would be strong enough to beat the Sheffield United side. So on that, what's your score prediction for the game on Sunday? 2-0 Wolves. 2 nil I'd Wolves. Like to, I'd just like a nice, you know, a nice, when you've watched cup ties in the, in the past and you've had a Premier League team like Southampton or Everton's or whoever, and they've played a team from the Championship and they've just made it nice and routine, nice and easy. Just dispatch them 2 0, do the 90 minutes, everyone goes home, and then we'll watch the cup draw on Monday. That's yeah. what I'm hoping for. I know Sheffield United have been a bit patchy in the league, but like I mentioned earlier, eight points off the playoffs with four games in hand. They're still definitely in the hunt. Obviously, they'll mm-hmm. be missing Morgan Gibbs White on the weekend, who got nominated for the Championship Player of the Month uh, the other day. So, like I said, hopefully we've got enough to beat them, and I'll be predicting a Wolves uh, 2 1 win. Hopefully, it won't be a draw because. Uh, we go straight to extra time and penalties, and we don't really want that lottery, do we? No, no, you want to avoid that. But, but, but it, it is a banana skin. I mean, the games that we touched on earlier Wolves Newcastle Championship side against the established Premier League side, Wolves Leeds, Wolves Tottenham, the same. Two out of those three games, we won as the underdog. Yeah, I mean, it's five years ago today that we beat Premier League Stoke in the FA Cup. So, I mean, the, yeah. these things happen, it's all about attitude yeah. and. Is it attitude or aptitude? I don't know. They've got to go into this game with the right mentality and hopefully Bruno puts out a strong enough side. And on that note, thanks for everyone who's tuned in tonight. Continue to support the fan cast, a part of the 90-minute network. Hopefully we'll be back uh, after the Sheffield United game with uh, a win to, to do a podcast about. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care, everyone. Who <laughs> would be a Wolves fan, eh? Explore beyond the stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th. Featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn, this exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org.